Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Always Aggravated, a Mike Valenti signature podcast. All right, another episode of Always Aggravated. Dave Richard, fantasy expert, delight. Uh, honestly, championship week for a lot of people. We'll get you hopefully a decent preview of that. I've got a couple questions. One sports, one not, which means Roberto gets to play, and David does too. I want to start with this. I give you a choice. Now, Roberto probably has no idea who these people are, but David, I'm leaning on you here because I think this is a fascinating factoid. How old is Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson, I believe, is 24. 22. Wow. How old is Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow would be 24. 23. Mm. (laughs) Everyone's 24 in David's world. No, here's my question. We all have sat here and watched the coronation of Lamar Jackson. He's going to be the league MVP. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a number of GMs try and fail to find the next Lamar and get fired. (laughs) But you also have a segment of people who say, look, This is great, it's amazing, but it won't last because this style of football, he's going to get killed. Here's my question to you right now. You're running an NFL franchise. You can have Lamar Jackson at 22, right here, right now, knowing all the risks, knowing you're going to have to pay him as well a couple years before Joe Burrow. I can give you Lamar at 22, Joe Burrow at 23. Why is that even a question? Because Burrow is the classic mobile but he is a drop-back, pocket passer. Pocket passer. Yeah. Now, he can move. He can use his legs to move, but he is not a runner. But Joe Burrow is a guy that could play 15 years in this league. Nobody would blink. Everybody loves him. Lamar, mercurial, guy who's going to win the league MVP. But remember, Cam Newton won an MVP. Cam Newton went to a Super Bowl. A few years later, dead. Garbage. Now all he wears is funny hats and fashion scarves. You get the choice right now. You can have Lamar, you can have Burrow. Which way do you go? I'm going Lamar Jackson because my question with Joe Burrow is just because we're here in Detroit, we talk about Stafford all the time. Yeah. And Stafford has the arm, he has the ability, he's the typical drop back passer. He can be mobile in the pocket, he can do everything Joe Burrow can do. But he's never won anything. I don't know if that's Detroit or if that's Matthew no, Stafford. I mean, that's that's but, Detroit. But it's either you believe Lamar is going to have a ten-year run playing this style of football, do. or you don't. That's really what this question. Comes I do. Down to. You notice how Roberto is sitting with his head down, rocking <laughs> in his chair. Are you okay? No, I'm just waiting to give you my answer. <laughs> well, David, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to give my answer, too. I'm just kidding. Whoa. I want to go live. To Bur- do, you, do you know who Joe Burrow is? No. Okay, oh. good. Okay. So, this comes down to do you believe Lamar can play 10 years like this or not? It's re- Look, are three years of Lamar, are four years of Lamar like this worth giving up the lottery ticket of Burrow giving you 15 years of, you know, being Drew Brees? I, I mean, Sully, go ahead. You Jeez. weigh in. No, I'm asking the question. It is. Here, here's my answer to this. Right here, right now, 
I would actually I would have to take Lamar Jackson mm -hmm. because I, I'm I think Joe Burrow can be really really good. I believe that, but I also look at this from a sample size perspective. I've seen Lamar Jackson for more years. I know what he can do more. I get the injury stuff, but Joe Burrow, there is that you know one year kind of thing. It's not do it the, again. It's not the injury. Let, let me explain when I say play like this. The league always evolves. It does. It changes. Right. What's the one thing that's never changed? The one thing that has never changed in the last 40 years of football. It's the forward pass. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the West Coast offense, whether it's a more vertical passing game, whether it's a play-action pass heavy game like the Sean McVay scheme, passing the ball is still passing the ball. Yes. It never changes. Yes. Now, right here, right now, we're in this sexy time. Now, remember the yep. last time we saw this? Colin Kaepernick. Yes. Whole league's going to change. We got to find the next Kaepernick. This, you know, we can run read options all day. Fast forward a few years, what happened? He was gone. RG3 <laughs> was dead. I, I'm asking the I, question. See, and I hear you when you say that, but Lamar Jackson is more talented than both those quarterbacks you just named. He's talented, more talented than Colin Kaepernick, and he's more talented than RG3. I just think that he is transcendent when it comes to that kind of style. Okay. When you look at Cam Newton, similar style, Cam Newton's been in the league nine years. Now, towards the last year or so, he has not looked um, – he hasn't looked good. His arm is – it's all the injuries that's come from running the ball, I mean, that power-type quarterback. But I think Lamar Jackson is different than Cam Newton even. Well, they're different players even though they use their legs. Cam was a punishing yes. power runner. Yes. This is different. I'll tell you what's going to happen to Lamar, though, and he's got to be careful. Mm -hmm. One thing I give Kyler Murray credit for, Kyler has learned to slide from day one. Mm -hmm. He doesn't take big hits. Yes. Lamar better learn the same because it's the same thing that happened to Cam Newton. People are just going to start taking cheap shots. Yeah. Take the penalty, go at his head, take him out, 15 yards, whatever. Try to knock him out. Roberto, if you keep spinning in your chair, I, I swear to God, I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna lose it. I, I, what is it? With, do you have like a syndrome where you can't just sit like an adult and participate in a conversation? I got ants in my pants. I, I'm, I'm. You Would know you what? take Burrow, Mike? I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I, I, I see. I don't think Ooh. there's. And I'll tell you, answer. Here's really. the, well, here's the other thing. Lamar is now going to be finished with year two. Yep. He'll be starting year three next year. You're going to get two years of Lamar the before contract, you got to yeah. lace him. And, and I'm not, this is not yep. hyperbole. I think you are looking at a five year, $200 million contract. You are looking at a $40 million a year quarterback. Yes. By the time he signs. Yes. I get Joe Burrow for 10 cents on the dollar for five years, four years minimum. Mm -hmm. You do have to factor that in with the construction of a lot of these teams. Mm -hmm. yep. Philadelphia had Carson Wentz on the rookie deal, won a Super Bowl. Obviously, he got hurt late. They had Foles. You know, the Bears have tried it with Trubisky, varying degrees of success. Mm -hmm. 12 and 4 to probably miss in the playoffs uh, or missing. They've been eliminated. You see other teams. Like, the Rams did it before they paid golf. Rams did it. Yep. You see the Ravens doing yep. it. You see teams around the league going, look, build around the rookie guy. Look at Dallas with Dak. They yeah. built up a team that went 13-3. and three. Didn't get it done, but they've built this roster around him. I'm intrigued by the philosophical approach to this, where I get five years of a guy who plays a more standardized brand of football, a guy who is a superior thrower and passer of the football than Lamar, mm -hmm. and I get him cheaper, longer, and safer. Yeah. Versus Lamar, who, A, I'm a slapdick for Lamar. I love this kid. 
I love him. I didn't hate him the way a lot of these NFL people did. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to go in the top 12. I thought it was just a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. He's he's just an athletic freak, and he throws a great deep ball. I figured, you know, whatever. No, I'm not sitting here telling you I would have taken him number one. Mm-hmm. That'd be a lie. But even the Ravens didn't believe in him. They passed on him twice. Steve Bashotti, the owner, had to step in the third time and trade up in the first round to get him. So the story that the Ravens loved him and committed to him, that's bullshit. I get the safer guy. I get the the, the more standardized guy. And I get him for cheaper for longer. Because here's the problem. David, there was a point in time where we all sat here and went, Michael Vick is one of the greatest football players I've ever seen. Correct. And then... Poof. Yes. Okay. That Ravens injury. But there was a time when we saw RG3, and he is 80-yard touchdown run against the St. Louis Rams, and you're going, oh, my God, this is going to change football forever and ever and ever. And then, poof, gone. Colin Kaepernick, Mm -hmm. gone. If Lamar manages to not disappear, he bucks a trend that has always, much like passing the football in the NFL— has always been there. Mobile quarterbacks get hurt. Yeah, but here's the... Or off-the-field things could happen. What does that have to do with Lamar? He's a great Lamar kid. Lamar's a great guy. Oh, I'm sure. I, that's what everyone said about everybody. Just oh, like you my. said. Yeah, but... You know. Jeez, like, what, like, 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 <laughs> well, Johnny, like Johnny Manziel, right? Mobile quarterback, off-the-field issues, yeah, out of the league. We can't... Well, you can't it is a huge factor nowadays. Manziel you have to factor it in. Oh, edit, edit that right out. That's preposterous. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I never ask for edits on this pod, but fucking A. <laughs> no. Nah. Uh, move along. That's, uh, that's preposterous. <laughs> How dare you insist Jeez. You can say that about any player, not just Kid hasn't done anything wrong in his life. You're over here. Well, here, why don't you call him a thug while you're at it? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Come on now, Roberto. Go Honestly, ahead and call him. David, no. what's Roberto trying to say? Yeah, I know what he's trying to say. <laughs> Black well, quarterback equals trouble. Why can't Burrow get in trouble? Oh. Maybe it's better if you just rock in your chair. All right, David, continue. Yeah, here's the difference between what you just said with all those quarterbacks is I think Baltimore has purposely designed everything around Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. What I mean by that is they went out and got Mark Ingram. And I think adding that running element to supplement what he does is something that those other quarterbacks never had. They were the it, and they did everything. And he doesn't—yes, he does everything, but he doesn't have to— he has Mark Ingram to hand the ball to, and they can still have that power running game if yeah. they want to. No, and his legs are a constant threat, whether yes. it's the play action, whether it's him directly running it, whether it's him getting out of the pocket. Yes. No, the, it's a philosophical question of, of would you take three more years of Lamar like this, or would you try to run the risk and go, I'll take 15 years, mm-hmm. potentially four or five at dirt cheap pricing, for just a more standardized guy. If you commit to a guy like Lamar, you are committing to a very specific offense. You are. And you you are boxed in until or unless he turns into an elite passer of the football. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Hey guys, listen. Ultimately, I don't think there's a wrong choice. Yep. I think it's the difference between the boomer bust guy yes. and the safe option. I think Burrow's safe. I don't think Burrow's going to be a bust. I think Burrow's a really intelligent kid. Guy guy processes information incredibly fast. I mean, hell, man, he just went down to LSU. <laughs> a situation where they couldn't score. You know, couldn't crush a grape in a food fight. I know. And bang. This guy's all, now again. Maybe he, maybe he's a flash in the pan. But I, I had to at least ask you guys because I was, I thought it was interesting looking at Lamar being twenty two, Burrow twenty three, the number one pick now, the guy who came out of nowhere to be the number one quarterback, and what you would do. 
Hey, you want to get away? Yes, right now I do. Relax, have a good time, get to the D, Las Vegas. Everything you need, the D, renovated. Enjoy all the delights of Vegas, except the big bill on your room. And again, it's winter time here in Detroit. It's winter in most places. Get the hell out and get moving. And the D has it all. The Long Bar, their new sports book, brand new. Circa Sports open at Golden Gate right down the street. Their sister property and everything in between. So check it out. It's the D.com to book your stay today. It's the D.com, the D Las Vegas. It is your home for sports in Vegas. Um, all right, moving on. I have a question that only Roberto can answer fully because he has both of these. While David has children, he does not have a dog. While I have a dog, I do not have children. Sully ain't got shit, so he's on the corner. <laughs> but Roberto has both. He's got dogs. And he's got kids. Two of each. Now, why is it? Well, that you know of. Why is this <laughs> relevant? Because I am about to make a claim that I cannot prove, but I had this discussion with a parent, and they didn't laugh me out on this. I have an eight-week-old puppy that we have added to the family. Uh, as we lost Leo probably now, geez, I don't know, six weeks ago, five weeks. It was terrible. Um, but we have a new puppy. I made the assertion that it is more difficult to raise an eight-week-old puppy than an eight-week-old child. Now, I don't have kids. <laughs> I can't prove this. Hold on before you laugh. I have, I have some points I need to throw out there. The child wears a diaper. The dog does not. Now, that presents a constant anxiety that never goes away because at any given time, the dog is a fucking time bomb. That dog can go duty or, or pee-pee anytime it wants. It can't get out of your sight. The child at eight weeks old, you know what's great? Can't fucking move. Can't move. It's in, it's in a little, what do, they, what do they call those rocker things? Is that a bassinet? A swing. Bassinet. You got yeah. a swing. You got a PlayStation. You got a crib. You hold it. Whatever you do, it can't move. No, here's my argument to that. And David, you, I think he's going to back me on this. Help me. I would rather in my backyard, or if he happened to poop in the living room, is pretty easy to clean up a dog. When, it, when a baby has a really bad diaper and it's run up the back and it's all over the place, now it's getting on your hands and you're just you know you're having like an OCD meltdown that to me is way worse but I, than any but dog I had situation to, but i had to pick up my dog shit yesterday and drop it off at the vet they had to test his poo poo <laughs> and i'm out there oh, turning you, i'm turning a ziploc bag inside out and using it like a surgery actually, glove i actually had to do that once as a kid oh, i my. had to give a sample <laughs> no but hold on oh shit what, wait, wait a minute my grandma put it in a mason jar <laughs> <laughs> Do I dare ask, <laughs> or would you rather keep this private? It's, you've opened the box up now. Anyway. All right, so child wears a diaper, dog doesn't. Child can't move, eight-week-old puppy is like a Ferrari. Do you know how fast Dude, this dog moves? That baby poop. All right, hold on. So you got to move, move past it. It's everything with it. What? The child can tell you it needs something. It'll cry. It'll yell. Dogs don't talk. They're silent assassins. Oh, I'm chewing the fucking Christmas tree. And you don't Fooled know Fooled you. Right? Oh, had to take a dumpers. Fooled you. The kid, again. Yeah, everything's behind your back. The kid is insulated. The kid is immobilized. And the kid will scream when it needs something. Now, 
My last point of evidence before we go to the parents here so they can refute this well-put-together case. The kid goes to bed. It's in bed. It's over. You put it down. Now, it'll wake up. I get that. But you're putting your child down. What do you have? Freedom. You can walk the fuck away. The, oh, the baby's in the crib? Daddy's playing PlayStation. Mom, <laughs> Mom's catching up on television. Now, of course, you're going to have to wake up. Well, newsflash, puppies don't sleep through the night. An eight-week-old puppy, you're getting about three hours of bladder time. Then there's the training aspect where you don't want the puppy to cry, so you need to set your alarm, get up, let the pup out, show him that his crate is not a prison. Listen, you put your kid down, you put him, it's gone. You walk out of the room, it's over, and you have the little baby monitor. There ain't no baby monitor for a fucking dog. Here's the other thing. It's not a bad idea, though. When the dog goes to bed, you have to go to bed because you can't sit there and watch TV, what? and he's going... He's going, wait a minute, I'm in this crate, and you're over here? Ah, nah, nah, Jack. So what, he's going to get despondent because of that? Yes. He's going to become rage? The dog goes to bed when we go to bed. You have to teach him that this is bedtime. I don't get that free time. I don't get to go and do the things I want to do. Here's what happens. I play this little game because I'm teaching him the crate is not a prison. And then it's lights out. Me and my wife run upstairs. <laughs> he then whines for a couple minutes because oh. I'm doing a good job, but then it's nighty night. But then I know, four short hours later, my alarm's going off. I'm going outside in the middle of the night, and I, I have to make him pee or poop. Then I go back in. I got to play the game again with him. Convince him, the, convince him this is not a prison. I run back upstairs. He'll whine for another 15, I'll struggle to fall back asleep, and then I hope that that buys me until 6.37 in the morning. Listen, babies, this is a, a better deal. Mm. The baby goes down, you at least get free well, time. Yeah, there's a middle of the night no, feeding. And no, you don't get free time when the baby it. goes to sleep. Take me through you it. You have the same issue with the baby that you have with the dog. When the baby goes to sleep, you need to go to sleep because that baby's going to wake up in three hours. That baby is just going to wake up. Am I wrong, Roberto? Well, you can either stay up or, yeah, and then you have to split the shifts with your wife. Yes. And, you know, you still have that do. issue with going to sleep, and they think that the crib is bad because they can wake up and be like, an where eight, am I at? An eight-week-old baby doesn't think. They yes. just shit, eat, and they sleep. Think, <laughs> they think they know exactly what's going on. Does an eight-week-old baby chew a Christmas tree? No, but they can chew anything else around them. Yeah, my dog just chewed up a bunch of ornaments. My point is, my point is, the baby doesn't move. <laughs> do you know how, do you want to see video evidence how fast this dog is? No, I believe This it. dog is the Usain Bolt of Bulldogs. He... If you, I have a baby gate. I basically kept him. We are in our living room. He mm -hmm. never gets out of sight because mm -hmm. I don't want destroyed things. And I don't want accidents in the house. David, you turn your head for a second. He's <laughs> up on the fucking tree. He's, uh, he's, trying to, he's trying to break through the baby gate. He's, <laughs> he's trying to go underneath the couch. You, you can't take your eye off him. He's like Houdini. The baby's going to sit there drooling on himself. It don't matter. <laughs> Here, here's a toy. Rock. Rock. Sleep. Shit. Well, maybe my babies are different because at eight, nine weeks, my babies were moving. They were, they were turning over. They were trying to move. So I, I was worried about them flipping. I talked, to somebody, I talked to somebody about it who has children. They did not say I was wrong. They said it was a decent debate. Now, I understand. The difference is I've got to deal with probably two months of this. You have to deal with 18 years. 
Because kids are insufferable. Oh, no, after two years, I'm done. <laughs> Holy shit. They can, they can fit no. for themselves. I'm telling you, this is something you never get over. It's like uh, having a, like, you know, PTSD or something. <laughs> like, You're right. There's, there's just, there's... There's those couple diapers that you open and you just go. You're still focused and you on the diapers. You just go. You go. Oh my god! You just put them in the tub and it's over. That's it. No, I would just use like two things of wipes. <laughs> well, I, now here's a serious question, I, and I and I mean this. Why don't they make a baby bidet? Like the kid, let's say the kid blows his diaper. Mm -hmm. He's got shit all over his ass. He had like a button right there. It's like up to his kidneys. Yeah. Like you remember the scene in Rambo where he went to jail and they hit him with a fire hose mm -hmm. and, and he was naked mm -hmm. and they just washed him? <laughs> oh, yeah. Why don't they make a more gentle warming baby bidet where you- I'm sure they have some. Just like dad holds the baby up and we're fire hosing his ass. Fire hosing it. All the shit goes into the bidet unit. They have the stuff for when you take a shit at your house, that poo-pourri. Yes. Smells like lemons. Great for guests who are embarrassed to take a dumpers at your home. But hey, here's a, you know, everybody, we're adults. You can do what you got to do. Why can't you have this baby bidet? You And it's like almost like a dog washing facility. Mm -hmm. But you buy it. You would stand the baby up. You'd blast it with the fire hose. Wash it clean. Mm -hmm. No wipes. Mm -hmm. no, one wipe just to make sure, the, right. you know, the asshole's clean. <laughs> yes. Away yes. you go. Well, you, <laughs> you can do that in your shower. Roberto, right. uh, this is an idea. No, we don't want to have baby shit in our shower. Well, we have a self-contained. You have no choice. No, you do. It would be a self-contained, self-cleaning, self-sanitizing baby bidet. And you would get probably two years of use of it. Like because then, wash. Because then you're potty training. Why is this a bad idea? It's not, actually. They have vacuum cleaners that don't have people operating them. Yep. Am I right? Yep. They, they have dishwashers that have 7,000 modes on it. Yep. They'll dry your dishes. They'll draw pictures on them. Mm -hmm. We have all these household devices. Uh, there's a device in our homes now where we can say, hey, Alexa, add this to my grocery list. What's the weather? Mm -hmm. And play Lionel Richie. Mm -hmm. But you're laughing at a baby bidet? No. Let's see if this exists. I think it's a great idea. I'm sure the Rockefellers have it. You know, the regular human beings David, like ourselves don't David, have it. David, <laughs> you don't think we could make a cost-effective version of this? We no, could. Here it is. I don't Where think they want to. What, what is it? Uh, not a human bidet. A baby bidet. Right. But it's not a bidet. They it's don't really, have one. It's really a fire hose. They don't have one. Notice there, Sully has not set a fucking peep There's here. a site that's called babybidet.net. It just scares me to have either one of these now. <laughs> no, the dog... Well, I, and I and yeah, look, look at, I am, I am going to be getting a dog sometime soon, so I'm, I'm weighing all of that right now. Yeah, but see, that's not a self-contained... I'm talking about a plastic unit where yes. you stand the baby yeah, up. You can spray in this. You, yeah, but I, I want this thing to be like, have a shower drink. It's its own thing, yes. Right. Like, I want to be able to take the baby outside on the deck, stand it up, <laughs> blast it with the hose, have that drainage system go right out to the street. You can't do that. Why? <laughs> not just an object. It's a, it's a human being. That is not going to happen. You don't qualify. <laughs> Listen, Roberto brought this up. I'm, I'm telling you. Let me look this up. Um, baby car wall. <laughs> <laughs> I really think yeah. this is possible. I'm just throwing it out there. And I'm not saying it has to be a harsh hose. It's got to be just harsh enough to wash shit off of skin. Right. I've did you, seen some But not of these. take the skin did off the baby. The, did you give the new dog a bath yet? No. No? He hasn't needed it. We picked him up. 
We we uh, he. I'm going to tell you, I'm batting about ninety percent. We've only had two accidents uh, since Saturday, mm. and one of them was my bad because I took a phone call. The rest, I'm taking them out every hour on the hour, except for bedtime. Then that's a four hour gap, three and a half hour gap, mm. and I'm trying to. I'm teaching him. You need him on a schedule. You need to do that nasty business out here. Yes. I'll be doing time. that on my hardwood floor. Right? Yes. How long does that take week-wise until, you, until you're pretty confident that, hey, it's potty trained? Every dog's different. Some dogs are smart. Some dogs are dumb. I don't think it's any different than babies. There's smart babies and dumb babies, I right? I can see myself getting stuck with a dumb dog. No, but David, if, if you got <laughs> a dog, if you, <laughs> don't, if you don't properly, if you don't properly, potty train your dog that's an issue that could last years you're right now it won't be as frequent as what we're dealing with here then there's this then there's you know you could take your dog to get trained for impulse control mm -hmm. different things as a puppy it doesn't know any better its bladder's the size of a quarter it's a different issue as it gets older like otis i don't remember the last time otis had an accident mm -hmm. uh, otis has gone three years mm -hmm. without an accident yeah. otis otis will tell me he will come up to me. He'll paw my knee. He'll go, hey, asshole, I got to go out. No problem, Odie. You got it, buddy. Yeah. Or if I'm really not paying attention, let's say I'm watching a game, he'll come up and he'll sit there and he'll stare at me. And then he'll start like, you know, growling, not growling, but like uh, letting me know, hey, dickhead, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here. That's automatic because then I'll look at him. I'll go, hey, you got to go outside. Bam. Yeah. Smoke trail behind him. See, He's at no, the back door. I think they're smart as hell, man. Like. Whenever I come home from the grocery store and I got the bag of dog food and they can hear, they know that sound of pulling the dog food bag out. They hear that noise you have and the they best. flip out. You have yeah. the best two dog names ever. <laughs> Bobo and Herman. Yeah. That is, that's quality. Herman. It, it was just weird. When, when we got Herman, that was his name from the couple we got him from. But it was weird. On his name tag, his name was Herman Merman. <laughs> Herman I don't Mervin. know if that was the couple's last name. <laughs> Herman Mervin. Sweet Jesus. And then Bobo, when we got him, his name from the people we got him from was Sword. Sword. <laughs> Sword. Sword. S-W-O-R-D. Any breeder, though, worth their salt, never uses a dog name. All they say is puppy. Yes. No. That's the code word. Puppy, right. puppy, puppy. They don't, they don't name them. Right. You know how hard it is to make a dog unlearn what he just learned? Yeah. It's hard enough. I'm trying to teach my dog what his name is. We'll get there. It's a struggle right now. Right. But I, I'm just saying, I had to bring this up. Does your dogs have a, what's a good number I could use, a 30-word vocabulary, 50-word vocabulary? How many words do dogs actually yeah, know when you know, train them? Yeah, they know, go outside. Right, they would know treat or you know, sit, sit or whatever. Sit. Um, There's got to be upwards of 30 words or so, stay. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, somewhere maybe a middle ground Make in there. Make me a vodka soda. Roberto has a German shepherd that's very advanced. Cook me dinner. <laughs> I still say the eight-week-old puppy's tougher. Whatever. Well, Big Power's at it again, leaving people in the dark. And you know the deal. Winter, snow, ice, winds, power outages. I mean, Big Power don't give a damn. They'll let you sit there and freeze your ass off. So what are you going to do about it? You go to Power Home Solar, that's what you do. You own your power. You don't rent it. Bottom line, Power Home Solar is the number one residential solar provider in the state. They're installing American-made panels, 30-year warranty, so you own your power. You don't just rent it from the power company. Guys, they're building a movement towards cleaner, greener energy. You want to see if solar's right for your home? Go to powerhome.com. 
That's powerhome.com or you give them a call, 1-800-SOLAR-15. Schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own it with help from Power Home Solar. How are you, buddy? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Um, well, this is the finale. I mean, this is it's, it's been a long, strange road. Uh, where are you at in your leagues? I've got three finals left. I'm still alive in three of my oh. leagues. It's a terrible percentage for me. How many leagues Brand- total? Ran how many leagues total? Fourteen made the playoffs in half of them after yeah. a brutal week thirteen, and then week fourteen was terrible to me. Week fifteen was better, but I ran into Lamar Jackson in three leagues and I only overcame him in one of them. Do Thank you, you Jameis Winston? Do you feel like this year is weirder than other years with the players that are ending seasons or extending seasons? I'm getting that question a lot. Mike, and I, I got to tell you, it doesn't feel as weird as that one season. It was either 14 or 15 when just there weren't any running backs. It was weird. That was the weirdest season for me. This one hasn't been quite that weird to me, but I've been, you know, all the years kind of run together for me. I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Right. So uh, to me, it's not, but to other people and the fact that you're asking, it probably is just one of those strange seasons. I can tell you this. There were a lot of players that were taken in the first two rounds that I bet everybody wishes they could take back. Oh, that's Dave. Somewhere else. L- look at it. I mean, right now, I mean, if you're a guy who, look, Tyler Lockett fell off a cliff. Mike Evans fell off a cliff, then got hurt. You know, you, you have, you know, Todd Gurley. Oh, my God. I Dave, that's where, okay, it's Super Bowl week, and I know you do your waiver wire column every week. I mean, think about your Super Bowl right now. You're starting... I don't know, Brashad Perriman over Odell Beckham Jr.? Are you starting uh, Anthony 100%. Miller? Yep. Yep, 100%. You can't trust Odell at this point. He's not. He doesn't look like he's playing at 100%. He's having a hard time separating from defenders, and that's usually his calling card. So that combined with Baker playing poorly, and I, just, I think the Browns just want to get this season over with. And now they're playing the Ravens, who are the hottest team in football. I can't trust Odell Beckham. I'm no. going to go with one of these waiver wire receivers in a heartbeat, and I'd probably even go with some other receivers that, like a, a Will Fuller, who really has only had one great game this year, maybe two, I guess. Um, you're going to start them, those guys over Odell, too. But, yeah, the top receivers off the waiver wire, Perriman is one, Miller's another. This one might make you feel sick, but in a PPR league, Danny Amendola could be better and should be better than Odell Beckham. What about Chris Conley? Last week. Chris Conley anywhere on your radar for Jacksonville? Yeah, he, he's a, he is, but there, there's talk that DJ Chark could come back. Ah. In fact, that, that'll hurt the upside of Chris Conley. And I, don't, you know, I, I know that the Atlanta defense hasn't been good, but I don't see them allowing two more receiving touchdowns to Conley. So what do you, all right, so let me, let me, I want to see if I can pick your brain. I want to see if I have the ability to guess who the number one priority on your waiver wire would be in your column. I have not read it yet. Is it Mike Boone? He probably (laughs) will, he probably will be my number one waiver priority because we just don't know about Dalvin Cook. There was a report at halftime of the Monday Night Football game that there would be um, it would be a surprise if Cook played in the last two games. We also mm-hmm. don't know the availability of Alexander Madison. But the Vikings have talked up Mike Boone recently and previously, and he's just been buried on a really good depth chart. And if he's the lead guy for the Vikings in a, in a major showdown against the Packers, whose run defense has been terrible, 
I think he could be potentially a top 12 fantasy running back and a league winner. And there are some names that I can't believe I would say I would sit for Mike Boone in fantasy. Give me a couple. He's just got this huge, he's got this huge opportunity. Okay. Alvin Kamara. Oh, my God. Dave, you got to have balls of steel. Le'Veon Bell. That I get. Peyton Barber. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God, no. That one's pretty easy. Please, God. I think Mike Boone has a chance to get you wow. a, a hundred total and a touchdown. Can you imagine? And, and I think the Vikings I think the Vikings wiped the mat with the Packers. The guy who picked Kamara, let's say, fifth overall, or the guy at an auction who paid $58 on a 200 cap, and you're sitting Kamara for Mike Boone. You want to win your league? No, 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 Dave, Dave. Do you want to have a popularity contest in your fantasy? Dave, I don't get the choice because Devontae Parker put up 100 points on me, and Mike Evans uh, was busy shopping for the bagel. I I get it. It's more I'm picturing people sitting at their, their laptops, staring at their roster and going, clicking on Kamara and not being able to click Boone on the CBS platform to put him in. That's woof. If you had somehow done that last week, you would have been right. I don't amen to that. Crazy. Uh, um, all right, let me ask you about tight ends. This is another league winner possibility, and, and certainly maybe maybe everyone who's in their Super Bowl has George Kittle, but I want to offer you three that I think would be high in your opinion. You pick one. O.J. Howard, uh, Noah Fant, Mike Gusecki, my guy. You didn't even pick one that I think is better than all three of them. Let me hear it. Jacob Hollister of the Seattle Seahawks ah. is playing at home against Arizona. You know the deal that the Cardinals stink at covering tight ends. He is way overdue for a big game. He's gotten a ton of red zone targets. And this is another matchup where I think Seattle just dominates. And their defense isn't so hot right now, so maybe Arizona puts up some points too. But I think Jacob Hollister can find the end zone. So all the tight ends that you named, are basically, like, you would be happy in a non-PPR league if they gave you seven points. Yeah. So not a ton of upside with any of them. PPR, maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe that number looks like 11 or 12. I think Hollister is right in that group, and he's got the best matchup of them all. Offer me, for for those who are streaming, let's, let's again, I know I know a lot of people listening who are in their Super Bowl have New England or have Baltimore's D, so let's just stay away from that. If you're streaming... Give me the league winner defense that's going to come off the waiver wire. There's three that I really like a lot, and the first one is the Chargers. They are at home against Vegas, and we're calling them Vegas now. Oh, it's official now, (laughs) after they tanked their last game in Oakland. I mean, what a terrible but predictable way for the Oakland Raiders to end it. So I think the Chargers rebound in a major way, both sides of the ball against the Raiders. I think the, you can make a case for the Chiefs' defense against the Bears. The Chiefs have been playing very, very well. And even though they allowed 34 points on Monday to the Saints, I think the Colts' defense at home against Will Greer Agree. and the Carolina Panthers, I think they've got a chance to pick up a couple of sacks, pick up a couple of turnovers, maybe even land a pick six. Now, full disclosure, I liked Will Greer coming out. But even I will acknowledge he is an absolute gunslinger, a total wild card, and he really looked bad in the preseason. So there's going to be some ugly moments here for the Carolina passing game with Greer. I think you could make a case with Indianapolis that you could start them over Buffalo facing New England. You could start them over Seattle facing Arizona. They're in that range. Mm-hmm. 
They're close to that range. I don't think I'm going to go there because I really I believe that the Bills' defense is good, and I think the Patriots' offense right now. I but the Bengals made them look really, really good, but they're not as good as they've been in the past. And I think Buffalo's defense is legit. And, I, and Seattle, if they get Jadavion Clowney back, I think they're going to be able to wreak some havoc ultimately. But maybe they give up some garbage time numbers, and that hurts you. All right, Carolina this is do the exact same thing. This I mean, is they've fun. Got some really talented players, so it, it's closer between. Seattle and Indy than Buffalo. I want you to name for me all the quarterbacks you would start ahead of Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. All right. How much time you got? No, no. I just want to see how similar our opinions are, and I know a lot of people out there, they've had to find an answer, and they've got two options. Rodgers is one of them, so I think this question could help them. So... I've I've got a lot of names, a lot of the obvious ones that you already know: Jackson, Watson, Breeze, Russell, yep. Winston, Mahomes, mm-hmm. Zach. Like you're definitely going to start those guys ahead of him. Ryan Tannehill, yep. another tough matchup for him at home, but he's been nailed. Matt Ryan, yes. Philip Rivers, Ooh. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Carson Wentz. Oh my God! Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. <gasps> oh, David. Uh, D- Dave, I had Rogers like you know, twelve. You, I mean, what do you, what do you got? I'm seventeen. Because I'm afraid, David. I'm afraid, and I'm delicate, and I'm sensitive. I'm afraid that, that if I put him that low, I'm going to be giving people awful advice, and he'll throw three touchdowns. I know you're right, though. From a productivity standpoint, you are right. This offense is different than what it's been in the past, and maybe Rogers flips the switch now. But he does not have a lot of reliable receivers. All right, Devontae Adams, you know that he's going to do his thing. They're going to they're going to bench Valdez Scantling after how he couldn't come up with a deep ball when he was wide open last week. Jake Kumaro is going to get an opportunity. Like that's how bad it's gotten for them. Jimmy Graham isn't a factor for them. There was one point this year where I thought he could be. Guess what? He's not. You know how they're winning these games? They're sacking the quarterback with their defense. Their secondary is playing well. And their running backs are shouldering the load. And Rodgers is okay with it. He likes it that way because he wants to win too. Now, push comes to shove, whether it's this week, week 17, or the playoffs, Rodgers is eventually going to be asked to take over and save them. I'm not certain that he's going to be able to do that. And I don't think he's got that trust factor when he probably hasn't helped you dominate your fantasy league Correct. like you thought he would have all season long. You know, he was he was arguably the third quarterback off the board, and he's nowhere close to being a top ten quarterback this year. All right, let me do the rapid fire. You are you are responsible for people winning or losing their championships. Here we go. The number one piece of advice, Dave, for fantasy championship week: star players with boom potential or high floor safe choices. I think this comes down to what you're facing in your matchup, and if you're going up against an absolute juggernaut in your league you're going to want to try and play some upside. You're going to want to go with guys like Will Fuller and Robbie Anderson and Hollywood Brown at wide receiver, maybe a couple of tight ends that have some upside too. But if you're not facing that number one seed that puts up 180 points a week, you can probably either do a mixture of the two, maybe you only have one high upside guy in your flex, and everything else are, are the safe players that have helped you get to this point. Do people just rule Dalvin Cook out and go with a safer choice based on them playing Monday? Four games will happen before Sunday. How do you manage that situation? 
I, I think with Dalvin Cook, you just wait and see if he practices this week. And if he doesn't practice on Thursday and Friday, and there's no Thursday game this week. Everything's all Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. yeah, so you've got time here. And you'll know pretty much what his status is before the start of the second game on Saturday. So unless you've got a, a real tough lineup decision involving Dalvin Cook and Carlos Hyde or Dalvin Cook and a Bucks running back, you should be okay to make uh, an educated choice there. Either way, one of the big moves that we're telling people to make is if you've got Dalvin Cook, you've got to make the move for Mike Boone off the way more. If you're playing against the team that has Dalvin Cook and you've got waiver priority, all the money. first priority is to get Mike Boone away from the team that's got Dalvin Cook so he can't use the budget mm-hmm. in one game against you. Rodgers or Garoppolo for all the marbles? I do have Rodgers ranked higher than Jimmy G. Nick Chubb in the championship with Hunt stealing TDs. Still safe? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Keeper League, where do you rank Chris Carson the next couple years? I think Seattle has embraced him as their main running back for as long as he stays healthy. He's overcome a case of fumbleitis, and it's the worst case of fumbleitis we've seen in a long time. And he's still crushing it for Seattle. I would imagine at least the next two years, he will be their primary running back. Dave, I think he's a top five back. He's awesome. And as long as he doesn't fumble, if, you know, a guy who fended off a first round pick in Rashad Penny, he runs twice. incredibly he hard. I love that kid, man. I just, he, I do too. he is just, it, you know what he is? He's safe. You know what you're going to get. And he's on the right type of team. Yeah, I don't think Seattle's going to change their approach and suddenly say, "Well, we're going to ride in the arm of Russell Wilson." Which right? They they maybe should have done at some point here. And there are games where they do ride the arm of Russell Wilson, but they want to be physical up front. They want to run the ball a lot. They will almost always be somewhere close to fifty fifty in run pass ratio. And he's their guy now. And and I think they're I think they're starting to realize that Rashad Penny will have flashes of goodness but ultimately can't be what they envisioned him being when they took him with a first-round pick. Listener wants to know, are we now trusting Miles Sanders? I think you have to. I've been streaming quarterbacks all year. I need one for the title game. Jimmy G or Tannehill? Tannehill is the one to go with. Yeah. I, you know, I, if, if it was between Garoppolo and Fitzpatrick, I would have told you Fitzpatrick. Tannehill's got a tough matchup, but I, I think he's playing well enough where you trust him again. Dave, I wish you good luck in your three championship matchups. I'm sorry I didn't hold my end of the bargain. In my one league, I did make the playoffs. I did get aced out. Thank you, Devontae Parker. Um, Dave, uh, farewell to fantasy football. What do you have coming up for the people? I'm sure you're going to start breaking down 2020 immediately. We've already started talking about what we're going to do in 2020, and, and my off season should be filled with watching lots of football, which delights me to no end. Uh, a lot of prospect talk, a lot of... There, there will be a little bit of looking back in January and February, and then usually by the Super Bowl, our 2020 rankings are out. Um, we're always reacting to what happens around the league, free agency and whatnot. And we're going to do our off-season podcast. We, once upon a time, we did it once a week. We're up to three times a week during the off-season talking fantasy football. It's called Fantasy Football Today. Download, subscribe, rate, all that good stuff, and be a winner in your fantasy league. We get stories and emails all the time, Mike, of people who download our podcast. They're losers in their fantasy league. And then all of a sudden, just by, just by subscribing to our podcast and listening and taking the bits of advice that sound good to them, 
they make the playoffs, they win their leagues. It's, and it's free. So you really can't turn away something that's going to genuinely help you crush your friend's souls, maybe make you a little bit of extra cash, <laughs> and make you a happier human. So the Fantasy Football Today podcast, download it wherever you get the, uh, the Always Aggravated podcast. Ah, yes. Dave, happy holidays. Thank you so much. Great season and good luck in your title games, my man. Thank you, Mike. All right, brother. Talk soon.